Welcome to Christians Living in the Real World podcast, where certified coach Jannie Burke explores real-world issues in light of God's real word. If you desire to take every thought captive to the Lord in this upside-down crazy world we're living in, you have come to the right place. Let's get started. Welcome to Christians Living in the Real World podcast, episode one. I am so excited and quite frankly, just honored to be here today. Uh, If you would indulge me just for a minute to introduce myself and kind of explain why I decided to do this. Um, I'm Jannie Burke. I'm a mother, a daughter, sister, friend, business owner, uh, former corporate executive. Beyond that, I am Mimi to three of the most beautiful children on the planet, personal bias acknowledged, of course. <laughs> but first and foremost, I, I'm really just a follower of Jesus Christ and, and just, you know, one who's just failing forward on every, every day, <laughs> just in the grips of his grace and mercy. Um, this podcast is really just created to be a refuge, uh, a place of information, humor, uh, and encouragement for Christ followers, just like me, a place where we can look inward, uh, examine our hearts, uh, and I'm doing a lot of mind examination here, um, laugh at ourselves and and just lean into God's perfect plan for our lives. Um, His plans are perfect, even sometimes when they seem a little scary. This is a place for everyone who has to fight those well-worn tapes that uh, in our minds that, that, you know, tell you, you don't measure up or, or you're just not good enough, or perhaps you know, maybe even God is just weary of you, or I'm saying this on my behalf too, <laughs> of me, because of my my spiritual journey. I'm just going to tell you up front, I, I absolutely do not have the formal training to speak on the scriptures the way so many do. Um, so I defer to their expertise, um, but rather my air quotes uh, education has really come from a place of walking with the Lord through a roller coaster life. Um, I don't know, walking, that's probably a little too passive. Uh, Think about roller coasters. It's not like I felt securely buckled in uh, many times. I felt like I was on the outside hanging on those bars, you know, as, as the roller coaster just whips around those fierce, unseen corners. Um, you know, of all the people that I relate to most in scripture, I would say it's Joseph. And and when you look at Joseph's life, it just, I mean, he, he had high highs and low lows, um, you know, the well, the cell. I mean, that, those are pretty low lows. Uh, and, and yet God always had a plan. And each time he redeemed him, and and he did over and over, he just redeemed him. And just because of Joseph's faithfulness, uh, which is, of course, what we all strive toward, God just continued to trust him with more and more. Um, So, yeah. Today, today, today is really about why we're here, Uh, not why we're here on this earth. That would be probably a very short podcast, I would simply say, to know God and to make him known. So. (laughs) 30-second podcast, all done. No, I'm referring like why we're here together today. I I honestly don't know why you're here. Um, Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. But I'm here because God told me to be here. I'm going to guess that most of you are familiar with the story of Jonah and the whale, and and we're actually going to drill down on that in a few minutes. But um, that that is why I'm here. Excuse me, bottom line. I mean, God said, go to Nineveh. Uh, not exactly. I, he said, I want you to start this for people who feel like they're just getting by in life, for people who need to know and, and be reminded of my strength in their weakness and just how much I love them no matter what. You know, well, 
you know me, I'm just probably being uh, the obedient child of God. I have quite frankly found anything, everything else to do, places to go, projects to work on, uh, and have not consciously, um, but unconsciously avoided doing the very thing that I know he has called me to do. I'm a certified life and business coach. Um, there's a term for that kind of behavior. Uh, we call it buffering. And, and again, that is, it's, it's doing anything else. I mean, whether it's laundry, uh, Netflixing, shopping, whatever, we can find ways to fill our time, can't we? Uh, and avoid those, those things. There's also a biblical term for this. Hmm. That's called disobedience. <laughs> and again, you know, not because I wanted to deliberately be disobedient, but rather, you know, just stepping into something so unfamiliar and uncomfortable. Um, it's just new territory. And, and so I, I've subtly or not so subtly just avoided his direction. And yet I hear him whisper, do you trust me? And, and he has just patiently, patiently waited. So let's begin with some very real world circumstances that I know we all face. Um, that which I liken to what my daughter's school used to call opposite day. Opposite day was a day when the kids would wear, say, do, you know, opposite of what was considered normal. Um, you can actually find it in the urban dictionary. I looked it up and it's, it says, Opposite day, a contrived holiday in which everything you do or say means exactly the opposite. A day in which everything is done backwards, as in yes means no, no means yes. A contrived holiday. Did you catch that? Contrived, as in haha, made up, satirical. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> and yet, man, doesn't that feel like the world we're living in sometimes? It, it, it's like opposite day has become life, reality, like good is evil and evil is good. Every time you turn on the TV and I'm not even, I mean, the news, of course, but, but even just regular shows, just the, the behavior, the, everything that, that is um, opposite of what God's word teaches us uh, that that is what the world is doing. So how do we navigate that? I mean, how do we, how do we influence the next generation um, in God's word when so much of what they experience on a daily basis. I mean, it might seem like opposite day to us, but to them, this is just normal. And it's yet again, in direct contrast to God's word. We're going to be exploring that uh, in, in future episodes as well. And um, quite frankly, we'll be, we'll be drilling down on some, some topics. So if you like me today, <clears throat> just enjoy the moment because you might not like me in the future <laughs> and, and that's okay. I understand. <laughs> With that said, uh, please know this is Absolutely no, no spiritual or emotional judgment zone, especially from me. Oh, friends, trust me. I mean, there are some things that have come into my life that I, that I truly had no control over that were disastrous. There have been other things that have crept in like the thief in the night. And I honestly wasn't standing guard at the door. And then before you know it, you find yourself saying, like, I end up here. And, and then sadly, that there have been other times when, when I willingly walked headlong into situations that I knew would disappoint God. And I made the choice anyway. Those are the hardest ones, aren't they? Um, so, so trust me, there's, there's no one, especially me flying around in some spiritual wonder woman costume. Like, I mean, let's be honest, no one ever looked good in that thing other than Linda Carter, Carter anyway. So, <laughs> okay. Funny side story. About 20 years ago, uh, when live drama was, was a big thing in churches, um, I was part of the drama team. 
Well, one weekend we did a superhero sketch, which really was funny, poignant. It was, it was a great sketch, but I was cast as Wonder Woman. When I showed up on a Friday night and found that aside from the cape uh, that was hanging neatly on a hanger, the rest of my costume was in a baggie. So just word of the wise, be careful what you sign up for. I will say I am passionate about God's word, but I, I need to be clear that this new journey is not, not a result of my passion, but rather I'm confident, um, convinced, convicted is really the best word that God has called me to do this. And, and like I said, it, it's taken me a while to get here. I don't know how your brain works, but mine just never seems to take a nap. It, it, our minds are fascinatingly complicated. I, it's truly a miracle of God's design. But I also know that my mind, my mind can come up with some pretty crazy ideas and, and it has. And uh, since I tend to be a little bit of a risk taker, I'm here to report a few of them have turned out okay. Lots of them did not. But my point is, ideas are totally different than, than a calling. So often we look through scripture, those who were called to do something pretty much responded the way I was feeling. And Lord, I, I'm sorry, you've got the wrong girl. I'm, I don't want to imply you make mistakes. I'm just saying wrong girl, wrong number. What else you got? I lost my job during COVID. Um, I've never been let go of any job. I'm a super hard worker. I have pour myself into my work. And, and for months, I just kept hearing those, those last words from my coworkers before we all signed off. Like, how is that even possible? No one fires Jenny Burke. Oh, oh, how I wanted to believe that. And to this day, I, I don't know from the company's perspective why, I mean, restructure what I understood. Um, but I, one thing I do know for sure, indeed, I did get let go. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It messed with my mind. Um, it came on the heels of, of a phase of life that had already um, caused some major, major uh, mind drama, uh, which we'll talk about in the future as well. We do have control over that. This is what I've learned. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I had planned to resign at some point anyway, because I knew God was calling me out of, this, out of that position into this journey. But oof, I mean, when that decision is made for you, your brain takes you in all kinds of directions that span from you know, ego to just sheer anxiety. Um, there were lots, lots of days when my brain felt like that, you know, like that spinning wheel on your computer where it's just, it's looking like it's doing something. It's, it's busy, lots of windows open, <laughs> nothing's happening, just, just spinning. The Lord had to show me that that really happened because he was directing me to do this new thing. But here's the thing left to myself. I honestly may have never left that position. I was, I was very comfortable. I loved the people I worked with after all our human brain reasons. I mean, who leaves a great salary, great benefits, certainty, clearly it wasn't <laughs> for the unknown. Well, since then I have spent a lot of time at the foot of the cross and, and, a place that I've always said is, you know, the best and the worst place to be all at the same time. And, and that's actually not true. It's always the best place to be. But when do we find ourselves there? It's, it's when we feel our life is unraveling. So that, that was the place where I finally found peace um, in the circumstance, which, which, by the way, that's all it is. It's just a circumstance. It's just a human circumstance of which we know our God is so much greater than any circumstance, um, just like Joseph when he was in the cell. I mean, that was just a circumstance or in the well, just a circumstance. 
Um, but each time, you know, when I oh so dramatically cried out to God for direction, you know, he he first um, gently directed me to the story of Jonah, uh, and then I started to feel a little more heat, like maybe he was lining up the boat, maybe maybe he was planning the storm, maybe even maybe even find find the fish, <laughs> and because he had told me enough times, and I, and I just was not moving forward, um, that you know that he might have to do something drastic in order to set me in motion. Well, okay, so here we are. I wanted to avoid that, but let's, let's look at the story of Jonah in Jonah one, two scripture says a word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Okay. Have you ever had this experience? You know, where you just know that, you know, that God is directing you to do something or go somewhere or say something that is completely out of your comfort zone. Well, you and I look at Jonah's story and, and it looks pretty clear. I mean, God was, God was very clear. It wasn't even a question. It was, it was a command go to Nineveh. Okay. So sometimes I feel empathetic in, when I read these stories because I know again, you know how I think and okay. Oh, you know, want to give him a pass. I mean, maybe, maybe he was thinking, am I sure that was God? Uh, maybe, maybe he was thinking like, I, I must've gotten my wires crossed. That doesn't even make sense. That could not have been God. Just another one of my harebrained ideas. Do you ever do that? I, mean, I think we've all done that, right? God tells us to do something and we rationalize our way out of it, trying to convince ourselves it wasn't really God at all. That was not what was going on here. Because when you and I have those thoughts, um, right or wrong, uh, what do we tend to do? Nothing. We tend to do nothing. We just tend to go on with our day like it never happened. That is not what Jonah did. <laughs> he, was, he was crystal clear that this had come from God himself. He just didn't want to go. And can you blame him? Nineveh was wicked, a wicked city. I mean, it was the culmination of what the Jewish people hated about the Gentile world. In fact, its name was a synonym for godless tyranny. So what did Jonah do? He ran. Yeah, he ran from God, running, hiding from God. Like that's ever worked, <laughs> Adam and Eve. <laughs> he boarded a ship that was headed for Tarshish, which we now know as Spain. Once he was on the ship, verse four tells us that the Lord sent a great wind and such a violent storm rose up that the ship threatened to break up. Okay, I'm a light sleeper. I don't even know how this is possible, but in that, in, especially in that environment, Jonah had gone down to the depths of the boat and had fallen asleep. And the sailors were all running around, you know, on deck, offloading materials, trying to lighten the load while while they prayed to their own gods. Spoiler alert: that did not help either. Uh, in the meantime, the captain went below, woke up Jonah, and, and I'm assuming yelled at Jonah, like, "How can you sleep? Get up and." call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. So Jonah apparently wipes the sleep out of his eyes, goes up where the rest of the men are. And, and again, on the surface, while this makes so little sense to us, the men decide to cast lots to figure out who was to blame. I have to admit, when I read, I mean, I've read this passage many times, I, I just have never really paused to understand why they did that. So I looked it up and I found this explanation. Uh, there, there's actually a name for this activity when, it, when it's applied to this type of circumstance. Uh, the word is claromancy. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I, I, there, you can actually look up audio. Um, did you know that? And I, and I, got, 
I looked it up and found three different versions. So I'm going with Clara Mancy. We're just, we're just, we're, we're going to own it. Um, Clara Mancy is a form of sorting, casting of lots in which an outcome is determined by means that normally would be considered random, such as the rolling of the dice, but most significantly are sometimes believed to be the will of God. So they believed that they could determine who was to blame for this very, very sticky situation they found themselves in by casting lots. Well, apparently it worked. I mean, while it was not, it, now understand it was not used to determine the guilty party. What it was used for was to create the order in which each person would have to confess their wrongdoings. Oh yeah, let's sign up for that. Let me get first in line on that one. I mean, who's going to sign up for that? So I, I'm not sure if they used dice or one of those old bottles that you used to send notes across the ocean. I don't know what they used, but whatever it was, it landed squarely on Jonah. Jonah was like, hey guys, I, I already told you that I was running from the Lord. But they're like, oh, whoa, dude. Yeah, but what did you do? And more importantly, what are we supposed to do? Now, on the surface, I got to give them all props for trying to handle the situation you know, as best they could. Jonah had told them, you need to throw me overboard. And they actually tried not to. They tried rowing back to shore to no avail. But you have to ask yourself, like, were they really worried about Jonah's fate? What was their real motivation? I don't, I don't think they wanted Jonah's death on their hands, especially in light of what was pretty, pretty apparent in terms of Jonah's God and what he was capable of in terms of discipline. Well, long story short, they prayed for forgiveness in advance and they eliminated the problem. They tossed Jonah overboard. Now, if you were ever in Sunday school as a child or taught it to kids as an adult, you know where Jonah ended up. And it's a super cute little story to demonstrate on a child's felt board. But can you actually imagine being in the belly of, of, I mean, a real fish? I mean, we assume it was a whale given the size, but (laughs) even with the size upgrade, I'm still saying not luxury accommodations, right? Okay. So I have to hit the pause button here um, because this is just a great story. So there was a little girl and she's in science class maybe second or third grade. And she'd already had a couple run-ins based on her teacher understanding that she believed in God and in creation. Um, And and so the teacher that day had them all just draw their favorite animal. And they were going to discuss the different types of animals. Well, the teacher's walking around and she's checking everyone's work and she stops at this little girl's desk. And she said, I see that's a whale, but what's inside of it? And she said, oh, that's, that's Jonah. Well, the teacher, I mean, just just went into this you know, long explanation of how that's physically impossible. Scientifically, you know, the swallowing mechanism isn't, isn't large enough for a human being. That's, that's just a fishtail. There's just no way that ever happened. And they, they went back and forth. The little girl tried to convince her. She tried to convince the little girl. And finally, the little girl just said, you know, I'll just ask Jonah when I get to heaven. Well, at this point, the teacher had had enough. And, and she said, well, what if Jonah didn't go to heaven? Little girl said, Well, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe then you can ask him. (laughs) Sorry, could not resist. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, Jonah, he spends three days, three nights in the belly of this giant fish. Talk about a serious timeout. And at the end of three days, the the fish commanded by God, who actually did obey, um, 
for lack of better terms, vomited Jonah up on dry land. Well, at this point, I mean, you know, Jonah, Jonah is just so happy to be alive. I mean, he's just like, you know, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? Like, just thank you. Thank you. You know, I I just need to hear from you, God. And, And what did God say? God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. (laughs) I mean, that's the punchline of the whole story. When God gives us an assignment, he doesn't change his mind, no matter what kind of hissy fit we throw. I mean, no matter matter if we run, hide, he does not change, nor do his plans for us. I mean, you have to think, he must just sit back, you know, roll his glorious eyes and, and cross his arms and just be thinking like, Okay, here we go again. Just let me know when you're done with all this foolishness so we can get back to work. How much heartache and angst could Jonah have saved himself if he would have just listened the first time? Can you relate? Have you have you, have there been times when God gave you your Nineveh and after all of your detours, you know, you find yourself sheepishly just admitting the chaos that ensued by not listening the first time and finally packing your bags? for what he called you to do the first time. That is why I'm here. That is why I'm so glad you're here. We will embark on this journey together. And and as I close, I will just leave you with with this. Is there something, is there something right now? Is there something today that God is calling you to do that you're reluctant to take the next step? In our next episode, we're going to be looking at our brains and how we approach those kind of things. Um, We'll be thinking about our thinking, for for lack of better words, Um, but most importantly, what God's word has to say about that. So until then, peace and grace to you, my friends. May you find joy in the journey. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, come visit me at www.jannieburkecoaching.com. That's J-A-N-I-B-U-R-K-E coaching.com. Here's the thing, my friends. Information is great, but application is where real change happens. So schedule a free consultation with me to determine if Christian life coaching is right for you. If you are listening to the audio version, just head on over to that website. If you are watching this on YouTube, feel free to use the QR code that is showing on your screen right now. Look forward to talking to you soon.